This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode 79 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. I don't know why Mike got quiet there, but I decided to go the opposite and get loud. Hey, it's October already. Isn't that craziness? Holy crap. Yeah. And you you feel it in the air today, I tell you what. Yesterday morning, October 1st, I walked outside from work and uh, it smelt like fall for the first time. You know, that, that leaf smell I'm talking about. Yep. And my window was iced up. So, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Not this morning, though, because it was a few degrees warmer. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Good way to start October. Anyhow. So, we have, I have, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, there was quite a bit. And the thing with me is I was like getting into this week like yeah uh, basically like oh my god like last minute watching shows just to make sure that i was ready and i still missed one or two um yeah but then i'm like and then starting the not this week but the next week there's going to be the dc shows coming back and a few others so it's going to be even harder yeah. yeah and i don't know about you but like i of the new fall lineup the only show that i really picked up well, I mean, the guest book doesn't count because it just finished up, but, like, I picked up the Orville. Yep. And I've watched Inhumans. Yep. And that, that's it for me, for new shows so far. Well, I guess technically I did watch the first episode of Will and Grace and Young Sheldon. But, I, um, but yeah, so, like, I, I get there's and I drop shows. Like, I'm not watching Criminal Minds anymore. Uh and so it's kind of kind of weird. Like last year, I felt like we picked up a lot more new shows than we did this year. Yes, and, and we picked up a lot more new shows, and a lot of them didn't last long for us. Yeah. No, no, they didn't. Between the two of us, like you might have stuck with one or two, and I might have stuck with a few more. But yeah, you know, we we weren't like, oh boy, we've both got ten new shows this season that we're sticking with. Right, yeah, no, it, I didn't stick with a lot. In fact, I even dropped uh, like Criminal Minds. I basically dropped last year, mid season, oh, after the first few episodes. Yep. Um, and I have, I still haven't finished Elementary from last season yet either. That's a shame. I tried. It just, which I like the show. I tried. It just wasn't keeping my attention. Yeah. Yep. That can happen. My cat is being a giant pain in the butt right now. She keeps coming over and rubbing up against me and pushing on my mouse. Cats it's a like computer mice. mouse, okay? It's not a rodent. Just leave it alone. If you want to lay down and behave, that's fine. I'll reach over and pat you occasionally, but stop messing with my stuff. Anywho, <laughs> side rant over. Um, let's just let's just dive right in, and uh, I kind of want to start off with a good place because I don't remember if we even talked about the first two episodes last week or not. Uh, yes, we did. Okay. All Briefly. right. Okay. Well, 
Episode three, then. I loved this episode. They put so much into these 23 minutes. Yes. Just to compare it to the week before, you know, we had talked about how the week before we got to see from the four different points of view and how they all tied into each other. And, you know, it seemed like they were just going to reboot for this season. You were like, because at the end of season one, she put the note in her mouth and we were like, oh, they're going to figure it out early and what's going to happen this time? And then by the end of episode two, it was like, oh, no, he discovered it and he's just going to snap his fingers and reset them all. You're like, okay, so it'll be back to status quo. Then we yep. get episode three. And Holy literally, <laughs> they reset it. Michael's reset it hundreds of times. Thousands. I think he was up to like a thousand and fifty I mean, or something. I, it was a tremendous number. But like, <laughs> and sometimes like she would discover it instantly. Yep. Other times it would take like, uh, you know, like day 108 or whatever it was. You know, it would take some time. And then my favorite one is when Jason discovered they're in the bad place. <laughs> and he just goes like, oh, that one hurts the most. Yeah, th- this one really hurts a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, well, one time like, she discovered uh, it because he left the door open and he was like, Eleanor has no idea and we're going to go with this. She's like, excuse me, the door was open. Did you just say we're in the bad place? He's like, oh, snap. This one doesn't even count. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was great, and then, like, finally, not finally, but in this episode, you know, we, we see near the end, they go see, uh... I don't even oh, remember her name. <laughs> yeah, Ellen and Chidi head off to visit Mindy yes. at the house, which we still don't know who Mindy is, because, like, when we met Mindy last time, we didn't know they were in the bad place. Right. So we don't know why Mindy's over there, or how she got there anymore, because initially it was... She was in the neutral place. Maybe that's where she still is. Yep. But, well, I guess, well, Janet's the one. Like a limbo kind of thing. Yeah, purgatory or whatever. Janet's the one that told them that that was the limbo place and that they couldn't go there. I mean, the middle, the the neutral place. So maybe that is where she still is. Yeah. But essentially we find out that uh, Cheaty and Eleanor have had sexual relationship multiple times. Mindy's recorded it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Uh, she said... 15 times, but like of those 15, eight times, they actually said they loved each other or something like that. Like, yeah, they, they hooked up like five times. They, they, <clears throat> five times they hooked up for 20 times and 15 of those times, you know, blah, blah, you know what I mean? There's some weird numbers. But, and then, you know, they, she had like every plan they ever formulated and they all failed and they always had a reason to go back. And then finally, Eleanor's reason to go back this time was they are going to confront Michael. Yep. And, when when she does, it's of course it's the four of them. It's it's Chidi and Eleanor and Jason and um, Tahani. annoying Tahani. Thank you. And Michael surprises them by saying, "Oh hey, I want to form an alliance with you because Vicky and the other people have gone on strike." Yeah, they <laughs> they all went on strike because you know they didn't get to stay the same. They kept changing roles and yes. uh, names and everything. I love the, it was the jazz confusing. one. <laughs> Yes. Where she's oh, like God, in the background. She's like, I didn't even get to do my triangle part. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I liked the jazz. I, they were just, they were, the different scenarios were great. It was done in a really, really good way. And it's I really couldn't believe how much they fit into that just the 23 minutes of TV time. I know. It felt like they fit more into that one than they did in the two episodes combined in the beginning. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, The Good Place is definitely starting out good. Yep. And, uh, uh, yeah, loving it. I was talking to somebody about that the other day and they were saying, um, 
that they tried the first couple of episodes and it was just like, meh. And I said, yeah, honestly, it's one of those shows that, you know, like for the first six or seven episodes, you're sitting there going, ah, this is very formulaic. Ah, it's kind of, but then it just, it hits a point where it starts twisting a little bit and all of a sudden it picks up speed. And once it picks up speed, it doesn't stop. And you really got to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, like, a sincerely, great show. You got to stick with it because it is a great show. And, um, like you said, once it picks up pace, man, it's, it's, yeah. So, um, we want to tackle next. You want to tackle, well, let's, let's keep up with the NBC half hour comedies. Let's go with the Superstore. Yep. I thought that was a good first episode. I agree. Takes place two months after the uh, tornado wrecked Cloud Nine, and they're, uh, there to rebuild and we'll restock the store and whatnot. And of course, Glenn messes it up because the memo he gets from Jeff says, <laughs> And I, I like that. how they did this. I like how they changed inflection and everything. But yep. the, the memo says, you know, uh, bring everyone back two weeks before the store's grand opening on September 28th. And so he brought everyone back on September 28th. Right. But apparently he was supposed to bring them back like September 14th to start <laughs> restocking the store. In his defense is kind of vague because the only date that they give you is that. So why wouldn't they say bring everybody back on this date because the store is opening on this date? Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, absolutely right. So it was just, yeah, it, it was, was it was fun. <laughs> and, and Glenn finally had to come to grips with the fact that his voice is ridiculous. Yes. Oh God, that was funny. And then he got that that voice changing modulator, which somehow, <laughs> even though his voice was super deep, it was still high pitched. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was brilliant. He's one of those actors like. When you have like a British and Australian actor and they do an American accent on a TV show and then when you hear them talk in their normal voice, it's just like it throws you off. Yep. I, I haven't – I want to know what Glenn's normal voice is now. Go watch any episode of uh, The Kids in the Hall. He was on The Kids in the Hall? Yeah, he was the chicken lady. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's actually crazy. I mean I haven't seen that show in – Years and years and years, but that's pretty okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, his Glenn voice is actually close to the chicken lady's voice, which is kind of funny. I wonder if he's like channeling her for that. Uh, I that's that's pretty cool. Yep. I I like that one. I like that <laughs> one. And kids in the hall, man. Yeah, that was some good stuff back then. I'm saves remember used to watching that late night. Yep. I remember Sweet. there were some really good episodes and some that you were like. Is this Canadian humor? Because I don't get it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right there. But yeah, it was a good episode. You know, we kind of got some resolutions on some things. Jeff is now wearing a hairpiece because he got back together with his ex-boyfriend. and That was hilarious. Mateo basically told him to F off. Yep. Um, good, good for Mateo. Yep. Amy is actually getting divorced because after they were so happy to see each other after the tornado, they basically had the survivor's rush, you know, where yeah. her and her fiance saw each other after the tornado and they're like, oh my God, we're alive. And then as that wore off, they were like, God, I don't want to be with you. Neither one of them did. So they're going to get divorced and that opens the door for Jonah perhaps. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they will, um, ever really be quote-unquote a couple and they'll just have the, the continued awkwardness. Right, right. So, Which I'm okay with. Absolutely. 
Yeah. It, as long it's as worked they, so far. Yeah, as long as it doesn't become like that's part of the ongoing joke that they're constantly like, oh, will they, won't they? It works if okay they for play now, it to but, death. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. Well, it is different though because previously on the will they won't they, she was in you know married and she was with someone, and so it was like, well, they really can't because if they do, then she's kind of a piece of shit. But right. now, yeah, yeah. So. Um. Anyhow, yep. Uh, let's see here, I have a long list to scroll through. <laughs> so do I. Yep. So I did watch the first new episode of Will and Grace. As did I. And to me, it really felt like they kind of picked up where they left off. Well, not it, – it felt like the same show. It felt like – you know what I mean? The, the actors were the same. They had the same type of personalities. Um, I really didn't like how they you know, just took a baseball bat and beat you in the face with their political point of views the whole episode. Wow, they really did. Like I mean excessively, and they're very, very anti-Trump, and yet somehow the storyline is – Grace somehow gets the job to redecorate Trump, the Oval Office, and so she goes to Washington, and then Will has the hots for some senator that that he's been emailing that he hates, but it's one of those love-hate relationships, and so he goes to Washington, and so, of course, they're all there at the White House together, and then they see each other, and then they – you know, they, they rip on each other for being hypocritical and on and on and on, and yeah, so. You, you know what killed it most for me in this one? What? The canned laugh track. Yeah, you know, I was, okay, so that actually didn't kill it for me because, A, I was surprised that they did that, but then, B, it was like, but that's that's how it was. So. It's ridiculous. It, I don't know. In this day and age... You know, we'll get to it shortly, but the fact that um, young Sheldon did not yeah. have a canned laugh track, even though, nope, you know, Big Bang does, shows yep. that they, they realize that some shows need it, some shows don't. I don't think that this needed it, and I thought it was a little ridiculous, actually. Okay. Anyway. I'll probably watch the second episode. Okay. Because, I, I mean, it's on Hulu, so it's not like I have to worry about a conflict. Right, right. You know, so, and it's only 20 minutes long, if you will, so it's not like it's time consuming. Right. And isn't there only like eight or 10 episodes in this season? Yeah, it's something short. Yeah. Probably because they had to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get all those actors on the screen at the same time. But it was, it is kind of neat that, what, 11 years later, whatever it is, that they have, of course, they make jokes referencing. Yes, they said, last I saw you, you were doing this and you were doing this. And yeah. They made jokes refer- referencing the patches of time and everything. And of course, they all look older and everything. And, yep. and um, but I mean, ultimately, it was kind of the same show. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess if that's what they're shooting for. It worked. Right. Exactly. Like, if if that was their goal, then good on you. Um, just jumping around here. Uh, sure. This is us. Yes. What did you think of the return episode? Um. I felt like it was heartfelt once again. Um, some things were good and some things were not good. And and by not good, I don't mean like, you know, oh, God, this is terrible. But it was just like kind of, you know, you're walking along and there's a little rock or something in your shoe. Yeah. And you're mildly annoyed, but you take off the shoe and shake it and it goes away. And you're like, okay, there we go. I'm fine now. Okay, or you that's- just like brush it aside. and Yeah, like I, I felt that like the beginning <sighs> – I thought the beginning of the episode was just okay. Yeah. 
and I wasn't realizing, okay, this isn't really wowing me for we're, a show that I loved last season. Right. We're coming but back they, in on the birthday again. Yeah. Just like but the they, first season started. That's right. But they really reeled you back in by the end of it. Right. You know, yeah. the, we, we've still got this whole thing that I thought was kind of done, but isn't between yeah. Toby and, uh, I can't even think of his name, the brother. And not Randall, um, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin and, uh, Toby, like, quote unquote, fighting over. Well, I think that that was never resolved because when Kevin moved to New York, it just took him out of the equation. So it was never resolved. It just went away for a while. But right, now that he's right. back in That's LA true. filming the movie with Ron Howard, yep. it's back in your face. And so now that it needs to, they need to address it where Toby is the one that he's like, I need to be there for Kate. This is my fiance. She, you know, like she should be turning to me. I should be cheering her up. I should be doing these things for her that you're doing. You're her brother. Yeah. I should be you buying know? her her birthday dinners. And he's like, oh, buy right. dinner. I can't afford this place. And it's true, you know. Yeah, I can't afford this crappy place. Yeah. Kevin's just like, I'll buy out this whole swanky restaurant. Yeah. Kevin's just like, well, I've always been there to take care of my sister. And he's – and basically, you know, Toby's like, well, now it's my job. Yep. So. And you get that because – you know, their whole life, he has been there for her. And now here's this guy who, great, he makes her happy. But as we all know, relationships can end. So yeah. he he's not thinking like, you know, oh, okay, I'm just passing the reins on automatically. He's like, this is just how it still is. I did like how Kate went to audition for that singing position. And then she just left because she got intimidated by all the other girls because they were all, you know, skinny in her mind, more attractive, on and on and on. Yep. And then when she summed up her courage, went back, and the guy, like, cut her off after – at first he wasn't going to let her audition because they were done, and then she, like, demanded it. So he let her, and then she got out, like, 15 seconds of the song, and he said, all right, thank you. And then she said this – you know, talked about how you're going to go with her just because she's skinny. Well, you know, I have all the heart, and I know I can do this, and, and I'm good, and blah, 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 just because I don't look like the person you want. And he just goes, all right, hey, Angie, sing. Yeah. And he cuts her off to the same spot, and she was way better than Kate was. <laughs> and he just turns and goes, look, that's Angie. She was the lead singer. She's been demoted to the backup singer because she's not good enough. has nothing to do with the way you look. You're just not good. Yeah, and he gave her, like, specific reasons. He's yeah, like, you know, he's like your, your range isn't that good. Uh, this is this, and this is this. Been competing with girls that have been singing open mic night every night since they were 16. Da 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 da. You're just not that good. And she was like, oh, okay, I can deal with that. So I, I liked that. But, you know, if you just would have given her that explanation to begin with. <laughs> right. Instead of just being a dick. Yeah. But then again, in his defense, you know, she showed up after auditions and was like, I yeah. demand it. And he's like, all right, whatever. Going back in time in the flashback scene. Um, you know, Jack, Rebecca, they're still having their, uh, they they've taken a, they announced they're going to be taking a break, but he doesn't even make it one night out of the house before she goes to retrieve him because she's like, you know, I gave up things. You had to give up things. We had to give up things together, blah, blah, blah. You need to come home. And then he's all like, well, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I've been drunk for a long time, and I've been hiding it from you, and I need to work this out myself before I can come back. And he closes the door, and they, like, fade to black like they're going to, like, go to commercial or something. Yep. And then you hear a knock on a door, and he opens it back up. And I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. That, that was, was pretty cool. It's a cool thing. And then she's basically like, no, get in the car. Let's go. Yep. And so he does. But, but we finally find out or think we find out how Jack died. 
Yes, because it was kind of intercut with that. Yes. You know, they're driving down the road, and then yeah. the camera shifts, and he's not in the passenger seat. She's wearing something right. different. A, a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. And earlier, Kate had mentioned the reason why she's so close to Kevin is because she was the one that told them about when their dad died when they were 17, which was 20 years ago. Yep. From now. And and mom so, has that bag on the, um, the yeah. seat that has, like, personal belongings in it. And they cut to that, like, Kevin, uh, not Kevin, but Randall and Kate are at Miguel's house. And she's like, we have to go find Kevin. And he's off making out with the, his girlfriend there, Sophie. Sherry, Shelly, Sophie. There we go. And then it cuts to Rebecca pulling up in front of the house, and the house had been on fire. Yeah, it's all scorched. Looks like it's and, pretty hollow inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's a cellar. And... uh we don't know how he died. If it was in the fire, outside the fire, was he rescuing someone? We don't know what he was doing, but it leads you to believe that dad died from a fire. So it's yep. like, okay, well, he, he wasn't murdered. He didn't kill himself. He didn't get into a, a drunken crash like they, I thought was going to happen last season when he drove off drunk that one time. I mean, so he, I don't know. It was good. The, was the good. basic assumption based on the clues that they gave us, which of course you can't yeah. always because look at last season, would be something along the lines of he got drunk and passed out with like a cigarette in his mouth or something. And see, I didn't, I didn't draw that. House. I didn't draw that assumption to be honest. Oh, what'd you draw? That there was a fire of unknown origin and he died in it. Ah. Trying to re- rescue them or something. I didn't go that he got drunk and passed out. See, now he made it all sad and depressing. Now it's like he went from dying, unfortunately, to dying because he was being shitty. Well, remember how much he, like, when she met him at the door, you know, you yeah. you gave us the brief version. But, I mean, he was like, he's like, I'm drunk right now. And she's like, what? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've been drunk all day. In fact, I've been drunk every day for the past several weeks. I have learned to mask it. I've hidden it from you. I've hidden it from the kids. I've hidden it from everybody, but I have a problem. And that was big for us too, as the audience, because he had sworn off drinking last season and we always just saw him as, you know, Hey, he's happy go lucky dad. He's, he's a great dad. He's awesome dad. You know, we always felt for him, but now to look at it and say, I wonder how much of that season he was actually drunk. Yeah. Cause the only time we really saw him drinking was the episode where he went and Went and flagged, went and went and tracked her down at the gig. Right. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, the big one of the other big stories in here was Randall's story of how he wanted to. He was uh, completely determined to adopt a baby. The, and determined the, is a mild word, I would say. Well, th- th- this is the part. Th- th- this is the part of the episode that I, I don't really care to break down too much. If you want to, feel free. But you know, essentially, he wants to do it. She doesn't want to do it. He wants to do it, and he tells her, "You need this isn't going away, or I'm not changed by night. You need to get your head around this." Yeah. To which I looked at my wife and went, I, "I I don't think I ever in my life would ever say that to you for any reason whatsoever." And she's like, "Yeah, no, you wouldn't." Like the way he said that, it was just like, "Dude, too it, bad." It wasn't just that; like that was terrible. But yeah. then the the adoption agent basically backed him up. Because yeah. she was like, you know, in every relationship, there's somebody who has to be the pusher, and yes. he's being the pusher in this case. And I'm yeah. like, no, that is incorrect. I mean, maybe if you're like, look, I know you don't want to go out tonight, but we promised these people we'd go out. Let's just go make an appearance. That's fine. But to yeah. make some life-altering change, like we are going to go and adopt a baby, 
and we yep. are going to do this, and you have no say in this whatsoever because it's fucking happening or else. Yep. And that's, that's, because, that's almost psychotic. Yeah, and it's all because Randall wants to honor his dads. Yeah, plural. Both dads. of them. Yeah. And, and it, maybe a lot of it had to do with the fact it was their, you know, their dad died 20 years ago, you know, or around 20 years ago at that time. Or maybe it had a lot to do with, you know, William dying or whatever. And like, she basically cuts a promo on him, you know, saying like, we, you know, whenever you want something, we do it. It gets done. There's no give and take. There's just always take from you, basically. But then she comes to a compromise when she says, if we want to do this, then why don't we adopt an older child that needs help now? Yeah, essentially, let's go find a gangbanger. Yeah. You know, or a gangbanger in training. They're watching these three kids, you know, two of them are teenagers, or, one of them's like an eight yeah. or nine year old who's like drinking right out of a bottle in a paper bag, and she's like, let's do this. Let's help him out. Nobody else is going to help him, so let's do that with somebody else. Oh, that's going to yeah. work out well. A kid like that that needs our help. Yeah. 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 And, and she'll say, she'll say, look at your father and look at the life <laughs> that he led, and, you know, we'd be saving somebody from that. Yep. And, I don't think that a child like that is going to fit in a in their household and society, and b with Randall, who's neurotic as shit. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now. I'm going to talk about uh, American Horror Story Cult. Okay. So we've had four episodes so far. The first three episodes were a tremendous slow build. Yeah, we got some violence, we got some confusion, we got like, what's going on here? And at the end of episode three, I'm like, why is the subtitle cult? I haven't figured that out yet. And kind of on the fence about continuing to watch. But the episode four was staring right at me there in the old Fox on Demand queue, so I just hit play. And um, wow, uh, talk about fantastic. I mean... I totally see where the cult thing comes now. They've tied the first three episodes all together very, very well, and it all makes sense now. But it's kind of risky, I think, of the show to do something like that, to put out th- basically three hours of television to say, all right, you got to make through these three hours so we can give you episode four so we tie it all together. And you go, okay, I like this now, and now we're going to continue building again from episode four on. So I'm really curious where five is going to go. But right now my push is watch the first four episodes if you haven't. If you're thinking about giving up, stick with it. Episode four I thought was fantastic. Again, just really kind of brought it all together and the the whole cult aspects finally coming in and it's it's really creepy creepy and it's really cool so hmm. there we go okay that's my brief synopsis i mean i'm not going to break it all down and, and tell you every little detail i mean you're not watching it so so would you say that this is definitely a sell versus last season yeah, last season I was on the offense the whole entire season where I had some good episodes, bad episodes. I mean, I I appreciate the cleverness of last season presenting the episodes in the form they did where they had multiple different views or types of shows or how it was they were portraying what they were portraying, the story that is. Um, but this year, yeah, this year was it's, – it's really good, like – and I, I got to be honest, it took me to hit, finish episode four before I would say it's really, really good. First three, I was on the fence still, but now with four, it makes the first three so much better. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but it's what's happened. Well, I guess that's a good thing for people who stuck it out. Yep. 
glad Sorry. you, I'm glad you got some, uh, some answers and some, uh, and that it's actually brought you back into the fold. It, it really actually has, um, pulled me back in. That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not complaining at all. So, uh, what do you got? What do you got on tap there, John? Um, South Park was really weird this week. Uh, like I said, they've gone back to the whole, we're going to do individual episodes each week. Yep. And, uh, it was really kind of weird. It, it was, it was simultaneously the kids were all going absolutely apeshit because Columbus Day had been canceled because of the whole yep. controversy behind Columbus Day. And, um, Oh, don't forget, John, um, most of the state of Maine isn't celebrating Columbus Day anymore. It's called, they're calling it in, Indigenous Peoples Day. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so the kids were pissed just because they were missing out on a day off. You know, that was okay. it. We, we need a day off. I get that. And for some reason, Randy was like helping lead the protest against Columbus, but then it turns out that he was like a huge Columbus fan, like to ridiculous lengths. Like he was dressed as Columbus in their wedding photos and uh, shit like that. It was really weird. And then somehow they also managed to get in one of those, like you see the commercials on TV, like 23 and me, you know, where you do the genetic testing to find out what percentage of person you are. Yep. You know, oh, you're 23% of Northern European background and 14% South African. It was just an odd episode. I didn't really get where they were going with all of it, but whatever. You know, it, it, it was, it was okay. Yeah, that was about no, it. Okay. Not a big, uh, not a big sell then. No, no, definitely not on this one. I, I, I found myself at the end going, wow, uh, this was one of their weaker ones in a long time. What did you think of this week's episode of You're the Worst? Um, I don't know. It, so I still love the show. I really, yeah, I, I think it's a great show and I just, I don't know. I, I don't like the direction for one thing that they're putting Edgar's character in. Nope, neither do I. I don't like the direction of pretty much any of the characters this season. Yeah. So it, far. It, I enjoyed the first episode. I enjoyed the hell out of the first episode. Yes. And to the end, the second episode. Yep. To, you know, cause alright, they've explained what's happened. They explained where they are. Now I don't like where they're going with episodes three and four. Yeah. It, like Edgar. We, we talked about it last week, how Edgar was, like, talking about Mackinac girls, you know, negging and stuff like that. And then, yeah. like, this week he basically starts off the episode by walking in and being like, yo, bro, you got to check out these new mad negging techniques that I've got. I'm like, this is not Edgar. No. What the shit is this? Yeah. And then Gretchen has gone, like, full feral psycho beast. Yeah, I don't like it. I like this. I, I like this less than when uh, she was all depressed. Yeah. Yeah, like, at least the depression seemed realistic. You were like, holy shit, this is real. I mean, I remember talking about that and saying, this is a realistic look at depression. With this yeah. one, it's like, she's just, they, they paint her to be super crazy. Like, grabbing yeah. all the food and just, I have to eat these Cheez-Its before I go downstairs. And she's just, like, pouring them in her mouth and then, you know, decides to throw his bed out the window, even though it's her bed, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and now she doesn't have a bed. And essentially, in this episode, Jimmy's publishing rep has got the uh, uh, People. He thinks it's People Magazine coming to interview him, but it's actually like People TV, their online version. So it's like a 
they're filming it. Right. And Gretchen's going to ruin it for him, and so she tr- he tries to get her not to. Yeah. And so he does that by blackmailing her by saying he's going to tell the band that she's been here the whole time. Yep. And then accidentally sends them the message saying so as opposed – he thinks he sent it to trash, but Be- – Because as he says, oh, I haven't used my phone in several months. Nobody forgets yeah. that. No, you, you don't know. And so the guys show up, of course, and then Gretchen tells them what happened. And then now they tell Jimmy that he's dead. And then Gretchen comes up and then she basically, I mean, goes, like you said, straight psychopath. Yeah, because she comes up. The whole thing was that Jimmy wrote this book and he's got a reputation as a single man. You know, yeah. leave, leading a bachelor's life. And that's how they're doing the whole interview. And then she comes up and she's like all dressed up pretty. And she's like, no, I'm his fiance. And like, as you would say, cuts a promo where basically she's like, oh my God, you know, he asked me to marry him and blah, blah, blah. So we're still engaged, right? We're still fiancés. Yeah. And he's like, I guess so. And she's like, and I want to make it work. And I was so wrong. And he's like, okay. And they're like, oh, let's spin the whole story. Let's change it so that, you know, he's now uh, an engaged man and, and living out this life. And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay. But then she also called over her sex buddy. Who showed up and then he, you know, they made out and then went downstairs to have sex. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of yeah, ruined the whole thing. I just, I mean, I have, I like the show still, like you said. I just don't like where they're going with it right now. Yeah. All the yeah. characters, like, I know the show is called You're the Worst. But yeah. we were actually getting some character development and growth. Yeah. And now, for a lot of them, it's like, it's like mutant growth. Like Edgar was yeah. doing great. He was having some confidence. He was feeling good about his life. He was getting his anxiety under control and actually contributing. And now he's just, he's become like a douche for no reason. Like zero yeah. reason. Let's see where do you want to go next? Where do you want to go next, John? Uh, how about the final episode of the guest book? All right. So no guests this month, this week at the cabin. Correct. But they wrapped it up real nice. Yeah. And we did get to see a little bit of cameos from all the past guests. Right, which I thought and was, it was cool. done. And it was done in a really clever way. Yeah. So, yeah. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was a nice way to, you know, cap off the season. Uh, I liked seeing all the other visitors brought back in their own way. You know, just basically right. say, no, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. It was a phone call, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I don't think it was the weakest episode, but it was still no pretty good episode. Yeah. Essentially, um, I don't know the care actor's name, so I'm just going to say Garrett Dillahunt, the doctor, he shot the, uh, the stripper in the, in the, in the tit with a crossbow. Yeah. Not just in the tit, through the back and into the tit. Well, actually on the show, they just keep saying in the tit. I know, which was kind of like, weird. It, it does look like it's through the back, but maybe it's like side boob to front boob. I don't know. Anyways, so long of the short of it, uh, the cop finally finds out about it. And essentially she's like, I have to arrest you kindly old black man and you, my new boyfriend who I, who I really like a lot right? because you've kidnapped this girl. You've tied her up in a chair. You shot her with a crossbow and you have no evidence that she did anything wrong. Right. And of course she's obnoxious and runs her mouth. And so the cop ends up gagging her again. And so, uh, he, Gary Dillhunt's character gives his son some books. My favorite part of the episode when he walks in and sees her, Sees the, the stripper tied up in the chair, and he finds Garrett and just goes, "Well, son, uh, 
I, I, I shot that stripper through a titty with a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, oh, okay. If you don't tell your mother about this, we'll have ice cream for dinner. Deal. All right, here. Now take these books, go outside and read. And one of them is the guest book. And he reads the story from the episode where the guy went to the, the bikini bar and was blackmailed. Danny Pudi. The Annie Pudi's character. So then the, the, the police officer starts calling all the previous guests to see who wrote it. And finally, he, she does track down Danny Pudi. He says, yes, I was blackmailed, and he agrees to testify. And so the stripper agrees to not press charges. And uh, she's forced to allow her stepson to turn the, the bikini bar into a sports bar. Which he was kind of already doing anyway. Yeah, because he thought she was dead because he had seen her get shot and he, with the crossbow and was hoping she was dead. Yep, because then when um, he finds out she's not dead, he's like, well, let me kill her because yeah. she has that fork and she always stabs me and she sucks. See this? I can't take my shirt off at the beach because <laughs> I look like a big potato. <laughs> That's right. I look like a big potato from all the fork marks. But anyways, um, yeah, so I thought it was good. Of course, they end with line dancing and, you know, Laverne again knew the whole time. Yep. That he had gone to the bikini bar. Because wives uh, know everything. Yep. And Garrett Dillahunt and his, and his beautiful uh, cop girlfriend and her son and his son go off and eat ice cream together for dinner. And it's been renewed for a second season. Which is good. I, I, I'm i sure that with the next season, I'm hoping that they do like new owners even. Like, you know, those two decided to retire and go on a line dancing tour across America. And so now they've got new people. That that's my hope, kind of thing. Well, they can always do like the guest book, but have it be some other place. True. So you'd have so not Froggy Cottage anymore, but some other completely different place, and it's still just ten more stories of guests at a rental cabin, right? Yeah, at a different location. That could work. Yeah, I don't know. I like it, so I'm glad it's coming back. Yeah, at least for one more season. Let's see what they got in them. Um, let's just get rid of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, so, let, let's see, what were the big ones this time? Um, Jim Gordon is angry. Yeah. Uh, Harvey tells him, I told you that one day you were going to say jump and I'd say no, and today is that day. Yeah, because Gordon goes to, basically, Gordon goes to Arkham by himself to try and fix everything. Yeah. And he gets gassed by the Scarecrow, and somehow Gordon has the ability to face his fears in the gas, and it just stops affecting him. Like, Because right. yeah. he's apparently Superman. Yeah, almost as ludicrous as pouring water on someone's face, the gas stops affecting them because, you know... It's only affecting their face, yeah. their skin. It's not – it didn't absorb in through their eyes or anything, so it's in their bloodstream. Or, hey, their nostrils. Or their nostrils, or they didn't ingest it, or or whatever it is. It's just, you know, once you just sprinkle some water on your face, it goes away. You need and, to take their face off. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, nice it was ridiculous. And yeah. now we're getting the uh, – the, I kept wanting to call them the Gotham City Sirens, but it's not really. But yeah. basically the girl power team, you know, because Barbara's back. Yeah. And she kind of tongue-in-cheek says it herself. You know, she's like, they're like, I saw you die. She's like, yeah, it's Gotham. Check for a pulse. Yeah, exactly. And so now, yeah, Barbara and Catwoman or Cat Teenager Girl. Yeah. And uh, other girl. Tabitha. Other, 
Oh, thank you, Tabitha. They're all going to work together selling guns, I guess. Yeah, because penguins cornered the market on crime, <laughs> yeah. but they're going to need guns, so let's yeah. sell guns. And what a ridiculous thing, you know. She's like, this isn't a bar, and she pulls the lever, and slowly all the things turn around. Like, are they going to do that every time somebody comes in for a gun? And seems then, like, a bit, Seems a bit dramatic. Yeah, and then, like, spin it all back. It's spun slowly, so, like, what what's the point here? Like, if the cops are coming, they, they tell yeah. them, hey, wait out there for 45 seconds while we hide the evidence. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and then, I don't know. I just and then I, of course the worst part of the entire friggin' episode, the absolute worst, is that Mister Fox there, uh, uh, he presents you know Bruce with a an outfit that he can wear for climbing rocks, and yeah, and it's it's lightweight and it's bulletproof, and the hands have grippies on them for and climbing so don't rocks. The boots in case he needs to climb rocks. Yeah. And uh two-way long-distance communicators, in case you want to talk to each other while you're climbing rocks, and and then you know uh, apparently <laughs> Alfred made Bruce a mask, which is basically the the cowl without the the cape or the ears. Yeah, still no yeah. bat theme. You know, yeah, we still yeah. don't. And know we're not Batman's not supposed to, to be in this show, right? But uh, but you yeah. know they can say, well, he's not Batman. It's like they want to make me not watch this show. Yeah. 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 Oh, and don't forget that, you know, uh, of all the female, you know, villainesses, Ivy suddenly decides, I need to go to this guy who's apparently been making me pheromones and have him give me the strongest stuff, and then I'm just going to drink all the bottles from the safe really quickly. And then I'm my face is going to start, like, twisting and morphing. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to go with, like, the this is how she gets green, like, in the comics, and will she have control over plants? Or are they going to go something completely different because, you know, they're going to say, oh, well, she was beautiful, and now she's the elephant woman because, you know, we're Gotham, and we don't know what the fuck we're doing with our mythology. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't care. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That sums it up. Um, Speaking of sucking... uh. No, I guess this didn't suck, but uh, Big Bang Theory. Yep. So essentially Amy accepted Sheldon's wedding proposal, and we find out that Bernadette's pregnant. Yep. And yeah. Yeah, basically they, they took that monumental moment from the season finale of him proposing to her and spun it into a joke and a Sheldonism. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because, you know, the phone rang, and he's like, oh, hold on a second. Before you answer, I've got to get this phone call. Yeah, i got to answer the phone. It would be rude not to answer Leonard's phone call. Yeah, and then has yeah. a whole conversation with them. Yeah. And, and says, you know, oh, I proposed to her. And they're like, oh, what'd she say? Well, I don't know. She hasn't answered yet. And they're like, why are you talking? Oh, it, it was. So he hangs up and then immediately calls back and says, she said yes. Yeah. And then he meets he meets her friend, Amy's friends or coworkers who talk about her and he's jealous because they're not talking about him. So then he has to learn the lesson of it's not always about him. Which I still don't think that he gets because – Which – I don't know. I feel like that's something he probably would have learned as a kid sometime. No, dude. <laughs> even outside the confines of that show, there are yeah. plenty of people that I know of personally that never yeah. realize that it's not just about them. So that's I, I totally got this because he is that guy. You know, that's the character yep. that they built for him in the show. And like I said, I see it as a very, you know, I, I see that all the time. So 
Yeah, I I believed that part. What I didn't believe was the ridiculousness that he was willing to go to about it. You know, it's, oh yeah, it's one it thing massive. to be self-absorbed and be like, it's all about me, it's all about me. It's another thing entirely to go to the lengths that he went to and like try to yeah. shift it back onto him and be pouty and pissy and yeah, it was ridiculous. And uh, of course, Bernadette and. Uh Wallowitz, they, uh, especially Wallowitz, are not taking well the fact that she's pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's dreading it. Yeah. So. She, remember, didn't want a baby in the first place, and he kind of talked her into it. And then yeah. after she had the baby, she was still kind of like, uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. It, again, the end of last season wasn't really thrilling me and now they're not really thrilling me at the beginning of the season no no did you watch uh young sheldon i did yes what about that did that thrill you you know it didn't thrill me but i was pretty impressed with the fact that they did not go in the direction i thought they were going to go in what direction did you think they were going to go in? i thought that it was going to be another cookie cutter of the big bang theory and it was going to be brightly lit and it was going to be the ridiculous laugh track and just joke after joke after joke about Sheldon. But yeah. they actually, in my opinion, went down a bit more dramatic of a road. Like I uh I'll say this. I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed the show. And I really, really wish it was a standalone show. It had nothing to do with the Big Bang Theory. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because essentially you the way they did it, you could watch this show and not watch the Big Bang Theory at all, and you and you could just you know what I mean. You don't have to watch one to watch the other, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yes, you have Jim Parsons doing the the voiceover, you know, a la, you know uh, Daniel Stern from the Wonder Years, right? So that's pretty cool. But just this show on its own, I, I could watch without watching Big Bang Theory. I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah, I was quite surprised. Like it was more touching and heartfelt. It, it yeah. still had jokes and it still had like some ha 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 moments, but yep. like the thing that kept getting me was at the end of the episode, not the very end, but towards the end of the episode when his dad had that like small that heart, heart to heart, heart rhythm. rhythm. Yep. But it wasn't even like cheesy. It was like the American dad kind of thing. Not American dad as in Seth MacFarlane. Right, right. But you know, basically, you know, his dad told him that the reason why they left where they were living and came here is because he saw people doing stuff they shouldn't have been. He saw coaches recruit, you know, recruiting players from other high schools to come to this high school to play football. Cause we, we all know Texas football, high school football is tremendously huge with right. million dollar stadiums at these high multi-million dollar stadiums at these high schools. But anyways, and so he basically told on them yep. and was fired. Yeah. And when he asked his dad, like, were you sad that you were fired? He said, mostly I was angry, but yeah, I guess I was a little sad. I mean, yeah, it was actually a really touching, dramatic moment. It wasn't slapstick comedy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so then he I just was... kind of walked off and he was like, you know, just watch your mouth. You know, just keep your stuff yeah. to yourself. And yeah. you're like, wow. Because we've only ever gotten in Big Bang Theory, like, bits and pieces about Sheldon's dad and basically yeah. that he was a douche and that, you know, his mom's better off without him and blah, blah, blah. This was... We, yeah, it was different. Yeah. It was... Because the Big Bang Theory is, you know, slapstick, anything for a laugh type of stuff. Pretty much, yeah. 
and all the trailers that your previews you saw for this show were essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Just jokes um, and and stupid Sheldonisms and stuff like that. But that's definitely not what this show was. No. Yeah. No, it was it was touching. You know, they had that moment where he took off his uh, his, his mitten and said, "You know, this, this was the first time that I actually held my dad's hand." Yeah. So it was good. Well, they established uh, Sheldon, his twin sister, his older brother, his mom. Um, his dad. His mom actually looks a little bit like Lori Metcalf. She does. I was noticing that she too. She looks like a young. Yeah, I was very surprised. But yeah, uh, unlike the Big Bang Theory, I look forward to watching the next episode of this. I know. And see, I didn't know if you had watched it, so I was prepared to come on here and be like, "Look, you're gonna have to trust me on this. It's a yeah. little bit good." Yeah. No, no. I, I I made a point. Okay. Here's the weird thing. Like, I, I downloaded the uh, the CBS app on my tablet and it let it didn't i i didn't check to see if i could watch star trek discovery i just assumed i couldn't yep but it, i was surprised I was, oh let's see if i can watch these but i'm surprised it let me watch big bang theory and young sheldon yeah so because you know you have to pay for that app it's eight right. bucks a month maybe there's there's a premium section like where star trek discovery is or if you want to watch anything more than the most recent episodes of stuff right Maybe that's what it is. You know, you can watch the most recent ones, and that's it. But same thing with uh, Blacklist. I downloaded the NBC app and watch NBC TV on my uh, my tablet, and I, I watched the Blacklist uh, today. This this few hours ago before I got out of work. So. Gotcha. See, that's uh, which, one of the ones that slipped through the cracks for me. It's well, then we DVR. won't talk about. It. Yeah, it's on my DVR, and I was like, oh, I got to get to that, but I was losing it. I'm just going to say this about it. Yes, please do. I really enjoy James Spader <laughs> in this show. Like, I really, really do. And I felt like he, as Red, had a blast filming this episode. Oh, good. Yeah. It just looked like he had a, he enjoyed himself. So. Good. Because I always like Red. I, yep. I think the more Red we have, the better. Yep. So, so you'll, you'll like this one. Excellent. Did you watch Lethal Weapon? I did watch Lethal Weapon. I, okay, so again, I'm still, basically the show picks up where it left off, except it's a couple weeks have passed. Murtaugh's still down in Mexico trying to find Riggs, and essentially he prevents Riggs from shooting, shooting Tito and killing him. Yep. And somehow they manage to hide him in the trunk and get him back across the border. Somehow, yeah, to, yeah. There, there were a they, few things about the border that yeah. I was questioning here, like that one or the, and, the bag of rocket launchers and stuff later. Yeah, and and when they get back, they find Tito has been shot and killed in in their trunk, yep. and they didn't do it. So then, of course, there's an investigation, and blah blah blah, and basically Tito's second in command did it. Yeah, and then Riggs somehow, you know, he. He goes down to Mexico and via a recording of that, the Tito second man threatening a border patrol guy over the phone and the guy recording it, he is able to play it for the rest of Tito's gang. So they all turn on him because he basically confesses to murdering Tito and uh, they bring him back across. Now they have their jobs back and they're not going to be threatened by the people from Mexico anymore. And they've shored all that up and, and yeah. But the biggest thing in this episode was Riggs taking the bullet and burying it 
he goes and went, he went and visited his wife at, the, at her grave, and he dug a small hole in the ground. He put that that his ring, not the bullet, his ring in the ground. Took his wedding ring off and 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 buried it there. Basically, he's finally closing the door. Yep. And that was kind of symbolic of what happened at the end of the Lethal Weapon One, where he gave where Riggs gave Murtaugh the bullet, which that's why or I got the bullet from. I was thinking of that. Yes. Where, where the <laughs> well, bullet like, buried the bullet, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, it was the ring. I I just yeah, but he gave Murtaugh the bullet, saying that he, which basically was symbolic of, I don't want to kill myself anymore. Right. So they essentially took the first movie and made a, a whole t- television series out of it. Yep. I thought they did a good job with it. Yes. And um, as much as they had a lot of kind of far-fetched, a lot of stuff going on in this episode, I actually liked how they crammed everything in. So now in episode two, it's like the adventure begins again. Yes. We're not dealing with the end of last season still. They've, they've closed the doors on that. We're taking off now with whatever new story they're going to build. Yes, which is good. Yeah, I really like that because I love this show anyway. Yeah, but it's nice to see that you know where we thought at the end of last season we we're like okay, so the next season is going to be all about Tito Flores and the the cartel and yeah. blah blah blah. Nope, they wrapped it all up and tied it in a bow and said, "There you go, it's done. Now let's have something new." Like you said, new adventures. Yep, I I, I like that. I like yep. that, and, and I really like that he's moving on. You know, he, yes. they're, they're, I was talking to somebody at work. They were like, I tried to get in a lethal weapon. I got like, you know, part way into it. And basically they said that, um, they were watching it with somebody and then they broke up. So they stopped watching it. Um, but they said that, uh, you know, I just couldn't get over the fact that he just constantly pining over his wife and he constantly like was dwelling on that and blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be like, well, just watch the, through the first episode of the second season. You'll have yep. your resolution. Yep. Life's going to go on. But it makes sense. I mean, he was very, 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 very shook into the core about her death and what happened. Because it was not natural. And it turns out that it was very much orchestrated. Yes, it was. And he was a very passionate person. You know, it wasn't just, he wasn't just going around to get revenge for the sake of getting revenge. It was because he literally loved her to death. Yes. You know? And, yep. and they didn't even get much into the, you know, unborn child thing. You know, a couple of times he'd see kids and he'd be like, oh, you know, it bothered him. But it was mostly about her and how much he loved her and the life they were going to have together and how it was taken from him mm-hmm. way too soon. And Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Good stuff, though. Yes. So, Inhumans. Inhumans. Did you watch the first two episodes? I did watch the first two episodes. My opening statement is this. After watching the first two episodes, if I would have gone to the IMAX and paid $15 to watch this, I would have been pissed off. Yeah. I And felt not, cheated. I could not see how this would have been improved in the IMAX at all. That being said, I didn't dislike Inhumans. Nope. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned uh, about the story because it seems like they took two episodes to sum up something that they could have done in like a half an episode. Yep. Yeah, I, that was that was one problem I had. I'm like, okay, we have six episodes left, and they literally just spent you know 90 minutes or you know two hours, whatever you want to call it, uh, telling a story that they really could have just told like. 
in the first half of the first episode. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, it dragged. It dragged. Yeah. Uh, and not just dragged, but like simultaneously, this show was developed for comic fans. And yet yep. they were trying to play it off as if it was developed for non-comic fans. Yep. You know, they over explained a lot of things and under explained everything else. You know, they, they spent so much time on that whole terragenesis for the two kids. Oh God. Yeah. When anybody who's been watching shield knows what happens, they could have done it in like a voiceover. You know, this is yep. how we were created. This is how we adapt. You know, it could have been like a quick gloss over recap kind of thing, but then yep. they don't give us any kind of, uh, insight into like crystals powers. You right. Know? It, everything seems to be weird with her. She's turning the ball to ice, then she's shooting fire. And, you know, w- we get the brief thing about how her parents were killed by Black Bolt's parents. And I, I yep. still think it's interesting that, you know, once they become inhumans, they have a new name. You know, he's Black Bolt forever. And yeah. she's Medusa. She wasn't yeah. Medusa before she went in there. You assume. No, no. But now even her own sister calls her Medusa. Yeah. Because, yeah, her Medusa, you know, the snakes for hair. Yeah. And Medusa had hair, powerful hair, but now she's pretty much got nothing because she got her head shaved. You would think that somebody whose power is is focused in their hair would have the ability to grow it back quickly or something. Or wouldn't be so easily cut by clippers. Like, why did he have generic off-the-shelf clippers and where were they plugged in they were in the middle of a room and it's got a cord hanging down yeah like did they have somebody there with the royal extension cord and i like the fact that you never actually saw her getting her hair cut you just saw heard clipper noises and big clumps of hair falling yes yeah Yeah. and then and then she was had a perfect crew cut yeah which as a guy that used to shave his head for 18 years doesn't work that way just throwing that out there yeah um I don't know, again, I, I didn't dislike the show. I just thought that it dragged. I thought that th- – basically, this is the story. Uh, brother turns on brother and rest of family and runs a coup to take over the kingdom. Yep. And bro- brother, his wife, couple other family members, friends, cousins uh, head off to Earth you know, to hide out and – Brother sends people to track and kill them. And let's see here. Uh, one character was killed, right? Triton? Supposedly. Allegedly, Triton was killed, but nobody else has been killed. Right. Yeah. Because, you know. Because um, even the one who was killed got up and killed Oran herself. got stabbed, but apparently she has Wolverine's mutant healing power. Or, or something like that, because she was doing like all kinds of hand gestures and then like waved her hand over the wound and it went away. And it, it, yeah, and it, it's healed up, so. But, um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll keep watching because I'm a glutton for that way. And, um, my thought is like, well, if it ties into the cinematic universe somehow, or, you know, shield by the end of it, I, I gotta see the link. So I'll, I'll keep watching, but there I don't are, know. There were a lot of holes that I poked in this. And, and again, like you, yeah. I, I still liked it, but yeah. you know, why is it? Okay. We got that awesome scene with Karnak where he 
got in the fight with the guys who came with the guns and he was doing all the little kung fu moves and flips and then he got shot and died. But then you see him and he's like watching the whole thing and he's like, huh, yeah. that didn't work because he's a strategist and he could see all yes. the angles and everything. Yeah. How did he fall down the fucking mountain? Yeah, how did he not see that? And then he walked in a circle. Like, yeah. He literally spent time showing us that he walked in a circle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my head. Instead of just like, I don't know. My superpower is glitching out. It, it's not that hard. People without yep. superpowers can walk in straight lines. Yep. Um, but between that and, and like the fact that Lockjaw put them all in different spots is kind of dumb. Yeah, that was dumb too. Like, you think you could have put them in the same spot. Yeah. She literally, she didn't say take him to Earth. She said take him to where Medusa is. To the is. others. Yeah. Yeah. And so. so, so he just like dumped them off in random places, like on top of a cliff. And, and what's going on with Gorgon and the surfer guys? And they're just like automatically like his best friend. And they're like, no, man, this is our beach. We're going to defend it. With what? Yeah. I, with, with surfboards? What, what is going on here? You know? And yeah. then Gorgon, like, he's like, I'm going to leave my communicator open. Come on down and get me. And he's like, oh, I'll send somebody. Go get Medusa. And wait. Why are you going yeah, after Medusa instead of the yeah, guy I'll, who's left I'm his gonna communicator I'm going to send someone open. to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you get a lock of Medusa? Go get her. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see what happens in episode three. Uh, yeah. A- again, it's not terrible. And I know that S.H.I.E.L.D. itself took a while to get running. Yes. But I yes, agree. you're right. If I had driven all the way to Sako, you know, 80 miles or whatever. Shelled and, out 1575 or whatever it is to watch that. I yep. would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I have one more show to talk about. I technically have two. One, two, three, four. I, I technically have two. Maybe, uh, but, uh, I don't know if I'm going to talk about one of them unless you watched it. Okay. And then I do have a couple movies to talk about. Okay. So what do you got for shows? Uh, MacGyver came back, and yeah. I still enjoy this Ass. show. It, it was a little, it was a little cheesy again, but I'm still enjoying it. I still like it for what it is. It's it's fun to watch him come up with his different things. But you know, if uh, again, just like last season, if they cancel it, I wouldn't be heartbroken. But while it's on, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. I look forward to you know just putting it on in the background and jamming out to it. Good for you, sir. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I did watch two new ones. This might tie into what you were talking about, but um, The Good Doctor. Nope. I watched the first episode of that. Pass. It's uh, it's really not bad. It's, yeah. uh, it's a little weird, and it does have a lot of drama it's, in it. It's the autistic kid, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's by David Shore, the guy who brought us House. Yeah, and, that's true. And so... It's interesting in that respect. You know, you got to see some types of houseisms, and they spent the first episode also like basically telling us how this kid came into the system, type of thing. Right, and, makes uh, sense. You know, watching him save somebody in an airport and pick things out a lot more with visuals, like yeah. having him look down at the guy and then see veins poking out and like remembering things from anatomy books and stuff. It's interesting. I'm going to keep going at it. I, I'm not going to give it a hard sell. I'm not going to say, Oh my God, this show, you got to watch it. If you liked house, blah, blah, blah. I won't say that. There's an awful lot of hospital drama and mm-hmm. you know, this person's screwing this person and this person hates this person and the board hates the president, but the president's the risk taker and, you know, it, it, I'll be interested to see how it turns out, but I'm not going to give it a hard sell to anybody. 
Um, and then the other new one that I watched was uh, the first episode of Me, Myself, and I. Did not watch that. How'd that go? I actually really liked it. Um, I was worried because I was like, how are they going to tell a story about a guy from three different points in his life? And for those who don't know, the rundown is this. It's Bobby Moynihan is the middle-aged guy, and he's telling the story of his life essentially. But, like, we get to see him in his, I think it's like 12 or 13-year-old self. And then himself as Bobby Moynihan, and then his future self, which is played by John Larroquette. And it's really, it was really cool. It's a half an hour, and it does have some humor, but it's more heartfelt. It's almost like a half-hour version of This Is Us, except for less dramatic and a little more on the humor side. Um, but mm-hmm. you get to see how the different things in his life tied in. Basically, as a kid, he was a, a goofy inventor. You know, he was the the uh, kid who comes up with, like, the grabber claws and stuff like that. Different ways to do things. As a middle-aged adult, he's trying to make that work, and he's just not getting it. You know, so he has to take another job doing another thing. His wife is screwing a uh, an ambulance driver. You know, he, he goes home to pick up his daughter's lunch, and... uh sees an ambulance in the driveway and he's like no and he runs in he's like where are you where are you and she's screwing the ambulance driver on the couch um nice yeah and his wife by the way or now ex-wife is played by the one who was on uh downward dog and fargo you know the actress anyway yes i do yep so uh so then he's got an eight-year-old daughter with her and you know now he's living out of his best friend's uh garage which is jaleel white uh, you know, Urkel, but now grown up and, uh, trying, like I said, trying to make it as an inventor, but just not having any success. But then when we see the future version of him, John Larroquette, we realize that he has this huge company that is all about inventing things and everybody loves him and he's become wildly successful and, you know, in his first scene has a heart attack. And then is recovering from that and decides, you know what? I- I'm done. I- I'm not going to work the corporate rat race anymore. I'm going to go out and enjoy life and love it. So it's it's really cool. It was a good first episode. I enjoyed the concept of it, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. This one I would give a sell to, probably even a, a moderately hard sell, because it's only a half an hour. And it's got that, like I said, it's got that this is us kind of thing, so you get to see yep. how the different periods of his life tied into each other. I, I would give this one a sell. How long is it? Half hour? 40 minutes? Half hour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what else? The only other one that I had was the Orville. I will say this. I did watch the first episode of this season of Law & Order SVU, and um, essentially Olivia's son tries to walk out in front of a taxi cab uh, and get hit by it, and she reaches out and grabs him and rips him back onto the sidewalk, and it puts a bruise on his arm. And at the end of the episode, we find out that she's being investigated for child abuse. Because of the bruise. And I just went, oh, really? Fuck you. I'm not watching this now. Wow. Like that just, yeah, that, yeah. So, way, way to start season 19 of a show. It's almost <laughs> like, oh, uh, mm. But, anyways, The Orville. The Orville. I, with each passing episode, I just enjoy this show more and more and more. <laughs> Me too. You know, and I it just I think I'm still surprised that yes, there's comedy in it, but it's not 
that over-the-top, in-your-face comedy that you come to expect from Seth MacFarlane with Family Guy and every other project he's ever done. Yeah, e- even you know? more so in this episode. I mean, like, you had to scrape to find humor in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it was done so well. The Orville comes across a huge 2,000-year-old ship that's just drifting in space, and in six months, it's going to go right into the path of a star. Yep. And so they stop to help. And they discover that essentially there's a civilization that's been living on this giant ship, which is shaped like a turtle. And yep. I'm surprised they didn't say anything, but he does mention it later. Yep. But essentially the civilization of like three million people uh, live on this ship and nothing to them exists outside this ship. And there's a little kind of infighting going on right now with people who believe that there's something else. And the people that don't. And the yep. people that don't run a very tight ship. No joke. <laughs> um, and essentially the Orville's there to help them, to say, hey, you guys are all going to die if we don't fix this ship and redirect your course. And, of course, they're, the, 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 the crew of the Orville are met with hostilities from the majority of the locals and the, and the, the head honcho of the, of the ship, if you will. Especially because they're um, all dressed differently and they have Isaac with them. Yes, exactly. And so it's it's I don't know, it's just a, a really good story of how even though these people don't want their help, they're going to help them because they can't let them all die. And the you know, the things they do to help them. I mean, it's just it's I don't know. It was a great story. Um the the main story was and I has it's I don't know. I watch each episode and I'm very satisfied, I'm very pleased. I enjoy them thoroughly. Absolutely. I, this episode, even more so, like I said, you know, it, it was less about the humor and more about the, you know, we had a little bit of humor in the beginning when Bordas and Clyden were fighting. Yes. And Clyden was like, you know, give me what they call comfort food and, you know, get right. some Rocky Road ice cream and goes to watch some, you know, put uh, me some, put something on that's going to make me happy and they put on the sound of music. Yeah. And- yeah. And there's other humor where, like, they're on an elevator together, and the and the, and the captain's <laughs> awkward, and he's making weird small talk, and his ex-wife is just like, still can't handle an elevator. Yeah, 100 million you know? light years from Earth, and you still yeah. awkward in an elevator. Yeah, and there's, uh, you know... The, and there's, or so the there's, we shot his father thing, and... Yeah, and there's little humor here and there like that, but the main it's, the main story is a very serious story, and like we're you know they're there to genuinely try to help these people who don't want their help because it pretty much changes everything they believe in life. Yep, for the um, majority of them. But so a couple yeah. of things in here that I liked: one, uh, Robert Nepper as the uh, the mayor of the city slash yep. Yep. you know general douchebag who was trying to keep everybody oppressed. There is nothing outside of here. This is everything. Um, uh, two, Liam Neeson's, and, and I will oh my forever God, call yes. him Liam Neeson's because of Key and Peele, but yep. Liam Neeson's as Dural, you know, the one whose teachings they all live by. Yeah. Because remember, this is 2,000 years, as we said. So he left a message as the captain of the ship and said that the engines had failed and hopefully someone will come along and help them fix yeah. it. But in the meantime, they're completely self-sufficient. They don't need anything. So 2000 years, people have evolved. People, they stopped going to the bridge. There's no more reason to. So they've forgotten what they're in. They've forgotten yeah. that this is a ship, etc. Um They don't even know what night is. Cause right. it's always daytime to them. Right now. And, and I talked to somebody else about this who agreed with me. 
I really wanted to see some kind of little nod to Doctor Who in this because holy crap, this whole thing just reeked of one of the final episodes this yep. season. Yeah, I ship picked up on that myself. Yes, <laughs> holy crap! Like I wanted there to be like a blue box in the background, or have them just be like, you know, have the Doctor show up and them just be like, no, we got this, you know, something because it was just like that. But they didn't, and it's okay. Nope. You know, we didn't need it. It just would have been really great if they had, like, tossed something in there. It's almost like I love Star Trek. I, I love watching Star Trek. I love the original series. Yep. The Next Generation was my favorite. I really enjoyed Deep Space Nine. Wasn't a big fan of Voyager. I liked Enterprise. But I've watched them all. And was really excited about Discovery and haven't watched it yet and haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet. But I've been watching the Orville, and it's like I'm good. Yeah, it's like this. This is this is very similar in my mind to Star Trek and to the Next Generation, somewhat. Um, that it, it's it's filling that need for me that I've, I've wanted without having Star Trek to watch or space drama type thing to watch. Right. Show. A, tele- a weekly one, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and I, I couldn't help but notice that next week's episode, episode five, is is directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yes, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, so I thought, okay, that's kind of neat. So I, I'd be curious if we'll see any homages or nods there or anything. But right. yeah, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying. We are it. bringing you updates. Frakes to a story did a that lot of um, Sunday night after. A- he did a lot of directing in the later years of the Next Generation, and a yes. lot on uh, Leverage. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm very happy with this show. Uh, as am I. As am I. Uh, you got any more shows, sir? Are you, you done? Uh, you nope. Up? Nope. I've got one trailer and one movie, and that's it. What's uh, well? What's your what's your movie? Uh, my one movie this week was Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Ah, how was it? Well, see, here's the thing. Movies, okay, I loved Kingsman. I thought yes. Kingsman was a phenomenal movie. Kingsman, The Secret Service, I've watched it over and over again. I've suggested it to people. You know, it just, it had a great mix of humor and action. I mean, like, sick action. Like, not traditional yep. action. Some of the action scenes in that were phenomenal. The church fight scene, I mean, come on. Oh, God, yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the infiltration of the uh, secret base and him fighting yep. in the hallway. I mean, it was just, it was great. Even the bar fight scene was awesome, both Boy. of them. Boy, um, not sounding like this one was that good. It, it, I loved everything about Kingsman. I thought that it yep. was great, it, even though it was a weird movie, you know, overall. So, of course, you go into the the sequel to something like that, and there's certain expectations. There's the expectation that they're going to repeat the formula. You know, they're going to say, this worked, this worked, let's repeat those because they worked. Um, They're going to rehash a lot of this stuff that they did in the first one. They're going to probably copy as much as they can, but in a different way. You know, you expect these things. You know these things. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that in this one. Um, What did they do? This one, they said, oh, we've got a new movie. We're going to tell a new story and fuck convention. And let me just say, it was fucking phenomenal. Oh, really? Dude, this movie was as good as, if not better than, the original. And I don't say that lightly. This is not because it's fresh in my mind. 
the way you were setting this up, I was waiting to hear that this wasn't as good. But I I'm was waiting surprised. for it to not be as good. Yeah. I watched the previews and I was like, yeah. they're gonna do something. You know, that church fight scene from the first one. Yeah, never tried to replicate it. They never Good. said, "Oh, well, we had to do another one like that." There was never anything even remotely like that, and I never missed it. Like nice. I never came out of it thinking, "Oh, but the church fight, the church fight scene was phenomenal for the <laughs> first movie." They didn't need it in this one. Yeah, everything about this was awesome. They never repeated shit. They never said, "You know, oh, well, we did this in the first one, so we got to do it in this one." There were certainly throwbacks and homages and things. Like, this one picks up shortly after the first one. So, okay. So, you know, things have kind of gotten back to the way that they were. And I'll also say this. the Okay, you know the preview that you see where he's driving down the road and he has to, like, leap up as the car door gets hit by another car? Yep. That chase scene is the opening of the movie. Like, within two minutes of the movie, if even that, you're already having a, a fight and a chase. That's kind of cool. So I know I use this phrase a lot, but literally hits the ground running. Like, it is not even a delay. This movie was great. I want to go see it like ten more times. Oh, wow. I loved this movie so much. And I want it right side by side with the other one because they're just that good. It was its own thing, and it got to be its own thing. It did not duplicate. It did not rehash. It didn't keep repeating the same stuff from the first one. It said, this is the same universe, but we're doing a new thing. And they did. And it was great. I loved it. Can't recommend it enough. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yes. I, I had sort of an opposite movie-going experience. Uh-oh. I didn't go to the movies, but you know I that, like Jackie Chan. That's kind Chan. of the opposite, yeah. Okay. Yep. You know I like Jackie Chan. Absolutely. Well, I watched some. I watched Railroad Tigers. It's kind of his one of his newer movies from China. Yeah, it's in uh, Mandarin English subtitles, of course. And basically, it's Jackie Chan is a railroad worker in China in 1941, and he leads a team of freedom fighters against the Japanese in order to get food for the poor and you know just to revolt against the Japanese who have invaded their country and everything. And I. You know, I don't have a problem watching a movie in a foreign language subtitle, but if this wasn't a Jackie Chan flick, I wouldn't have watched the whole thing. Like, it just wasn't very good. Oh. That, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah, it just it just wasn't very good. It's Jackie Chan. I know. I'm really, really, really excited about The Foreigner, but i got to be honest, even when I watched the trailer for this movie, I wasn't 100% sold. Hmm. That, so, that's saying yeah. a lot coming from you. Yeah, well, that's how I feel. So, I watched um, Shot Caller. Okay. That's the one that's got Jamie Lannister in it. Yeah. And essentially, he's a guy who uh, goes to prison because he was drunk driving, uh, buzz driving, whatever you want to call it. He was legally above the legal limit. Yeah. Got to a car crash, and his friend in the backseat of the car got killed, so he, got, he went to prison for it. Uh, while in prison, he ends up getting hooked up with a white supremacist gang and uh, kind of gets roped into being forced to do what they want him to do or else he's going to be killed. And then he slowly climbs the ranks to the fact that he becomes the, uh, the, the head guy in charge for a section. And when he gets out of prison, the real head guy in charge essentially uh, forces him to do something he doesn't want to do. And Nope. 
it's a drug drug deal. I mean, a uh, guns deal. And ah, um, gotcha. I don't know. It's it's different than what I thought it was going to be based on the trailer. Um, it was a good story. I don't want to give it away. Uh, but it was it was a good story. Didn't see the ending coming at all. Um, but it's kind of a slow story, and if you're looking for a lot of violence and fighting, you're not going to get it. I mean, there's plenty of violence. There's a lot of killing. Um, it's not a story of redemption. It's really not, and I think that's what threw me for a loop. Because most of the time, these movies like this, oh, he was in prison, and now he's out of prison, and he wants his family back, and he's just trying to go on the straight and narrow, and they won't let him. Nope, that's not this movie. He's in prison. He's out of prison. It's not a story of redemption. He wants nothing to do with his family. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, I'm poison to you, period. You well, know? At least uh, it's honest, they, then. They try to like, oh, but we love you, and he's like, fuck off. <laughs> that's kind of how I mean like yeah I mean it's it's not a story of redemption it's it's not at all um so yeah I, I don't I, I'd say watch it but it's a movie you have to pay attention to you can't have it on the background you gotta watch see what's going on you gotta follow it you gotta you know but um yeah it was I'm not giving it a hard push but like it's a it's worth watching that's cool Another movie I watched was called Shin Godzilla, and this is something I have been dying to watch. Like, very, very excited about watching it. I finally got, I had to get a – I signed up for a free month of Netflix DVD so I could finally get it because uh, I, I couldn't find it anywhere other than for sale, and it was very expensive to buy a DVD of this. Uh, Redbox hasn't had it. It's not streaming online anywhere, so I was just like, screw it. I signed up for a free 30-day of Netflix DVD, got this in the mail, watched it, and – was slightly disappointed. Um, this is supposed to be Toho, who co-produced and co-made the most recent Godzilla flick, the American version, if you will, where they're kind of introducing but reintroducing Godzilla in that version. This is supposed to be, well, this is better. This is our version of it. And they've essentially rebooted the series with this Godzilla. And they use a lot of practical effects, especially for the costumes, so that's kind of cool. Um, but essentially, I enjoy watching my, my foreign movies in the language they're supposed to be watched in with subtitles. Yeah. Couldn't do it on this one. Hmm. Because, A, there was too many scenes of rapid dialogue with multiple characters at once on the screen. So the subtitles weren't staying on the screen very long to read them all and take it in. Gotcha. Also... On the top of the subtitles are on the bottom, so on the top of the screen, every time they'd show a new character, they'd put up this description on the screen of who this character's name is, what their title is, what their job is in the Japanese government. And so you'd have subtitles on at the same time as these descriptions. You couldn't read them both at once, type of thing, before they disappeared. And then they'd also put like, oh, we're on this street, we're at this intersection now, or we're over on this city now, or we're in this prefecture now. And they keep popping those things on the screen. So essentially, you have to watch the English dub version because there's too much going on. They don't leave the dialogue up on the screen long enough for you to read and absorb it. So that way you can actually appreciate what you're watching. Gotcha. So I watched it in Japanese first, and then I had to watch it in, watch it in English. Uh, 
And watching in English with its subtitles and everything, I, I was able to follow the story better, and it kind of made more sense. And there was things I missed that I finally understood. Um, but essentially, they rebooted it. They're reintroducing you to Godzilla for the first time. And what Godzilla does to Japan in this, yes, he destroys a bunch of the city, but it's like the original Godzilla movie was a uh, – Godzilla was uh, – it was the, the Godzilla was the atomic bomb. It was like we're showing you what happened to our country because of the bomb that the United States dropped on us at World War II, but we're doing it with a monster movie. Right. This one is we're showing you what happened to our country from the bad earthquake with the tsunami and the nuclear reactor meltdown and the contamination it did and on and on and on and a couple other tragedies that happened in Japan. Uh, we're showing you all these now with a monster movie. And there was a lot of politics in it because they were showing you like, oh, we just can't do something. We have, Everything has to have a meeting. They even make a point of telling you like, oh, we just can't make a decision on how we're going to handle this. We have to have a meeting and create this department and do this and do that. So it's it's less about a monster movie than it is about politics and, and, and the Japanese political government and then – and then, oh, but we have a monster that's in here, and so yeah, I it was, I was a bit disappointed. That's too bad. Yeah, because I was really excited about it, and then it just, yeah, it was kind of a letdown. We have some new footage just oh, into that's CNN not the other of world. this. <sighs> what was you, if, if you like Godzilla movies, watch it because if you've seen them all already, like I have, you got to watch this one too. The only one I will never ever watch again is that Matthew Broderick fucking disaster <laughs> Godzilla movie, which shouldn't even have Godzilla on the title. What no, a, I mean, what a, a rock of shit that was. It was a T Rex. It was a T Rex indeed. But anyways, if if you like Godzilla, watch it because you know you, you got to watch it. You know, the soundtrack is cool because the soundtrack is like old school soundtrack. So it reminds you of the original movies or some of the earlier movies, you know. I mean, obviously, the, the Godzilla roar, it's the same one it's always been. So, I mean, but they took some liberties with what Godzilla can do. They took some liberties with, like, like in, in this version of Godzilla, like, I thought, like, a creature comes out of the water and it doesn't look like Godzilla. It looks like a, like a sea serpent that's on land, kind of. I'm like, oh, okay, so Godzilla's going to come fight this creature. Nope. Uh, that was – it's almost like you're watching Godzilla go through the stages of like of um, mutation from uh, 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 a sea serpent to now it can go on land to now it stands upright to now it looks like Godzilla. So that was weird too. How the monster was presented. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're watching the evolution of the monster, but it's happening rapid pace. So, yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was different. It was different. Uh, yeah. So what was your trailer? Uh, it was during one of the shows that I was watching. It was a trailer called Downsizing. Oh, with Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the trailer. It's an interesting concept. Uh, basically, people make this choice, pay this money to be yeah. downsized in their life. And essentially, that means shrunk down to like toy size, like a G.I. Joe or something. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be like inner space, but it's it's not. No, no. It's like they have this whole society and 
Um, they, they uh, it's interesting. It's, I, I want to see more of it before I decide if I want to see it. It's definitely not going to be a theater movie for me. I can already oh. tell that. Yeah, um, that makes sense, but it's, it seems interesting enough. You know, some of the jokes are kind of funny. You know, they got the people down there who are going to have a party. And so they've got a giant, like a normal size bottle of vodka tipped on its side and they're tapping it like a keg. Yep. And, you know, one little drop from that fills a pitcher for them. Uh, you know, somebody's not feeling well. So the nurse brings in saltines, which is the two pack that you get from like a Wendy's. And it, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I want to see more about it, like I said, but the concept seems kind of cool. You know, your, your life is a little out of control. So you just decide to downsize by shrinking yourself and the people around you and go live in this special community for shrunken people. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. Yeah. It's not a theater movie for me. Honestly, for me, the biggest turnoff was it had that stupid, this is not my beautiful wife. Oh yeah. And all I could think of is back to the movie gallery days when that stupid friggin' Nicolas Cage movie, <laughs> Family Man, the trailer was on the Jesus. real, real audio, real players tape over and over and over again for like three months and I had to listen to a dumb friggin' song. Yeah. So like to me, I just shut the trailer off because I'm like, nope, not yep. doing it. That's why I hate the movie Traffic and, and Catherine Zeta Jones because of working in a movie gallery. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the trailer this week. I watched it like four or five times every once in a while. And I'm like, I want my, I want to get my adrenaline flowing. I want to watch someone fuck someone up. So I watched the Punisher trailer again. <laughs> nice. And again and again. Cause I'm very excited about this. Um, all right. So I got, I'm going to talk about that other show I wasn't going to talk about. Cause looking at the time, I'm like, all right, I can fit this in. Okay. It's a new show on Netflix. It dropped last week on Friday, I think it was, the 29th or the 28th. There's one of those two days. It's an animated show. It's definitely adult-orientated, definitely not kid-friendly. And it's called Big Mouth. Have you heard this one? Uh, I heard somebody say that they were watching One of my friends sent me a message saying they were watching it and that they kind of liked it. I'd never heard of – I hadn't heard about this, but I saw it on Netflix and I was like, oh, I'll watch the first episode. It's a half hour, you know. And uh, it's it's, uh, it's uh, created by Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg and Mark Levin and Jennifer Flaggett. I like and all those actually, names. Exactly. It's actually based on Kroll and Goldberg's teenage years growing up in the suburbs of New York. Uh, Kroll is voicing the his fictional self in this. There's ten episodes. Again, they're about a half hour piece. And essentially, it's they're all 12. They're all in sixth grade. And they're all just hitting puberty, and this is what's happening to them and their bodies and how they're handling it. And it is told in a very, 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 very adult way with constant masturbation going on and trying to discover themselves and each other. And there's these these characters. There's this character called Maurice the Hormone Monster, and it is uh, only something that like the guys can see. And it's basically like... When you're a young kid and you're getting boners for the first time and you don't really understand what to do or what's going on and you have that voice in your head that's trying to tell you what to do or how to handle things, this is the this is the voice in your head except it's it's like a it's a giant monster explaining things to you. And there's the female version of it, hormone the, the hormone Connie the hormone monstrous 
for um Diane for you know um for their friend Jesse who has starts her period for the first time while on a field trip and she's wearing white shorts that day. Um so yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. It's very, very funny. There's some great humor in it. I mean, like I said, you got a there's a character here called in, in the show called Jay. He's like 12 or 13. He's in the same grade. He loves magic. His hormones are making him just lose his mind constantly. He's voiced by Jason Manzukis. Yay! So, I love the Zook. So it's phenomenal right there and there. Other other you know voice talents. Jesse Klein, Jenny Slate, Fred Armisen, Maya Rudolph. Jordan Peele plays the ghost of Duke Ellington, which comes up in multiple episodes. <laughs> um, you know, there's like June Diane Rayfield does the voice of a girl named Devin. Um, Kate Dennings is Leah Burge. Kristen Bell is Jay's Pillow. Yes, Jay's Pillow, who he impregnates. Uh, Nathan Fillion plays himself. Kristen Wiig is in it. I mean... On and on and on. John Hamm has a voice, voices a character called Scallops. I mean, yeah. They got a lot of great people to do some voices in this. Nice. Um, Kristen Wiig does the voice of Jesse's genitals. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Where she puts a mirror down there and takes a look at herself for the first time to really get a good, uh, get a good look and they have a great conversation with each other. So, I mean, it's, yeah, and titles are episode one is entitled Ejaculation, episode two, Everybody Bleeds, episode three, Am I Gay, episode four, Sleepover, a Herring Ordeal of Emotional Brutality. So episode five is called Girls Are Horny Too. I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 funny. Yeah. So uh, you should probably watch it. So you're giving it a sell? I am. I'm giving it a don't watch this in front of your kids or anyone that might be even slightly uh, turned off by the idea of a 12-year-old cartoon character uh, jerking off. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and dealing with kids having wet dreams and, you know, premature ejaculating in their pants because they were thinking about something in class or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's like... It's like... Kind of like, all right, this is kind of what happened to me when I went into puberty, but it's turned up by a hundred. Okay. You know what I mean? I say me. I mean every guy in general who experienced puberty. So, yeah. You know, like they make fun of the uh, irrational boners in classroom type of thing. They make fun of all that type of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of cursing in it. Gotcha. Um Yeah. There's and there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of very frank conversation about sex and bodily fluids and the reproductive system and yeah so i don't know i like it a lot nice. you should watch it i've watched seven episodes i was watching it well i was i was watching episode seven right before we started recording this how, <coughs> excuse me how many episodes are there 10 and how long are they about a half hour each cool yeah i mean they go by and, and they go by super fast yep they go by super duper fast. So nice. And it looks like September 29th is when they posted this. So three days ago. Yep. So that's uh, that's everything I got. Cool. I'm. Uh, I've got nothing else new. I will say that I'm very excited because this week we're going to get the premiere of um, the Gifted. 
Yes, yes, I am excited about seeing that, yes. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's the one that I'm most looking forward to this week. Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be good, but we'll see. I'm excited to find out when Punisher's going to drop, because they're still keeping that a big secret. Right. I'm looking forward to two movies coming out this month, The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, like I talked about, yeah. and Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's October. It's my favorite month. And uh, so, yeah. Nice. Halloween-related stuff. Nice. And, you know, cool. So if that's everything, um, let's wrap it up. Yep. Uh, find us on the, the Twitter. You can reach me. I'm at SuperstarML. I'm at the Quantum Geek G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? And the Facebook is What Did You Watch This Week? Come on over and give us a, a like. And a follow and a tweet. And uh, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week.